You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. You know, I, I in, in studying today and, and just kind of, I'm doing a whole lot of things. I've been asked to do a lot of stuff that's coming up uh, this year and next year. And so we're, we're doing some things that need to do. In fact, uh, next week, I'm actually we're going to be doing some recording for uh, Rama in Thailand and doing three hours of teaching for them for leadership and stuff. And then I'm going to be back doing for New Zealand, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to be doing New Zealand by Zoom too next year. We'll be doing on the life of Christ and teaching there for 12 hours and stuff like that. But you know, I get a lot of different things that happen, and it's it's a blessing. You know, uh, for me, it's a blessing and a curse because it just means I got to work a lot harder to do things, but. You know, as I was mulling over some stuff, because it's all kind of just coming together and what, you know, we're doing all the planning, but mulling over things. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You probably don't have to turn there. You probably know this all by heart. But, you know, there's some things that we need to know the why of, not just the what of. A lot of people, we try to explain what we believe, and we need to know why we believe it. Because when you know why you believe it, you never lose it. If you only know what you believe, somebody can kind of rationalize with you, talk to you, trying to convince you why their way is better. But when you know the why, you know why you got born again. You know why that uh, you, know, you needed a savior. You know why that, you know, and, you, and what you believe, why we believe some things here. So I'm going to give you five things tonight, just share that, stir you up, and uh, because it, it'll help you to be able to understand where we're at now in society. Because how many know that it's a different way to talk to people these days? There's a different way of you know, sharing and talking. It's still the love of Jesus, but it's really letting them know the why more than the what. Because they want to know why you know, things are happening. You know, everybody gets caught up in uh, uh, a lot of things along that line. But it, we just need to understand and be rooted and grounded so that we're not shifted away from the things of God. Because we've got to stay saved, if you would. We've got to stay full of the Holy Spirit. We've got to stay full of faith. We've got to stay full of life. Because we're the only ones bringing life. Amen? And so we need to know why. So we need to understand. So here in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. In the beginning, God created. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know you guys all know this and all of you that are watching. But, you know, why do you believe that God is the creator? Amen. You know, what, what, what humanity tries to do and what people always do, they're trying, and, and people of the world that don't believe in God, they're always trying to start with the dirt and work their way up. See, we start with God because we believe that he is. We start with God and we work our way down. It's a whole lot better. Amen? Like somebody asked, why do you think everything good? I said, I believe it was the Big Bang Theory. He said, how come? I said, because God said, and boom, there it was. God said, and boom, there it was. Nine times in Genesis, God said, and boom, there it was. So if you want to say, yeah, it's the Big Bang, because God said, and boom, there it was. God said, let there be light. Boom, there was light. Amen. You see, when you understand the whole thing of, well, why do we believe that God is the creator, that we believe in God as the creator? Because when you understand that God is your creator, you have a starting point. Do you know that? We, it's so simplistic. We say, well, of course, of course, pastor, we all know that uh, there are about 
We got how many people in the world? Eight billion. There's about seven billion people that don't know that. Thank you for your overwhelming response, but it's truth. Because when you're trying to share things about it, and here's the thing about it. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because number one, you've got to believe that he is. That he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But you've got to believe that he is. And I don't know if you've ever talked to an atheist or if you ever talked to somebody who thinks they're so smart that they know more than God does. When you talk to people who think that way, they, they, they can't wrap their hand, hands, head around things. They can't grasp their, their thought process because they're trying to put God in this box or they're trying to figure out how things work naturally. Aren't you glad that we've got revelation knowledge, not just natural knowledge? This is the very first thing is we got to know why. Well, why do I believe that? Because I believe that God, the creator of the universe, he's the one that did all things. Of course, the Bible's our authority. The Bible's what we're going to. But we got to believe that there is a God. We know that because of all the telescopes and everything else. Hey, how many of you saw the pictures on Mars? Okay, we got the thing. We landed on Mars finally. And so they're going around. At least they say we are. They say we're there. They're doing all these things. So everybody's saying, hey, look at what it looks like. But you do know there's no life on Mars, okay? And you're not ever going to get to live on Mars. Uh, you know, it's just not going to be that way, except when, when the millennium happens. And if you want to check it out, because you can travel at the speed of light, it'll be fun. You can go check out Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. You can check out anything you want, okay? But uh, uh, the, the key is that we know that there's galaxy beyond galaxies, and so scientists say that, well, even there's nobody, nobody can be that big. And yet the Bible says God holds the whole world in his hand. Amen. So the why of things, I don't say, well, why do we believe? Because when you simply believe, because that's what we believe, the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth. You got to have a starting point and that's a start. I'm not going to take a long time on this, but one of the things about it, that's what we do. We believe there is a God. So that separates us from everybody else. And when you believe there is a God, glory to God, I have faith in him. And because I have faith in him, I can please him. And because I please him, he's my father. Amen? Here's the second thing that you got to understand why we believe this. Why do we believe that man has a fallen nature? Why do we believe we're all sinners? And then we got saved, praise God, hallelujah, and, and because we needed a savior. That's an easy one. Look around, look at yourself. How ugly are you? Come on. We see what man's doing. Man's always just doing dumb things. Man, they, 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 I mean, no matter what, he just can't handle it. I mean, it's like, hey, are you kidding? Look around at what's going on, what takes place. We see, you know, all the, all the craziness in the world and all the things that are happening. But why do we believe it? Because we can actually see that, you know? And one of the biggest reasons we believe that is because we know what the Word of God says, that when Adam sinned and Adam and Eve sinned, you know, they were kicked out of the garden that man failed. That was, you know, the, the original sin and the thing that took place. We all know that, you know, Romans 3, what, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all know, because all of us had this longing on the inside of us that we needed something. Yes. Amen? Isn't it amazing when you're a little kid? Now, I don't know when the age of accountability came to you. What do I mean by the age of accountability? Remember Paul said this in the scripture. He said, I was alive unto God once, but then sin revived and I died. Wait a minute, Paul, you're not dead. What are you talking about? He said, wait a minute, you were alive unto God once, but then sin revived and you died? Paul, what are you talking about? He said this, 
Because every little baby that's born into the king into the earth is alive unto God. They have God's the only one. The Bible says in John, it says that Jesus is the light that lights every man, every person that comes into the world is lighted in, in light by Jesus. Amen. I don't care how rank your parents are, or sinners, when that little baby, that little baby is alive unto God. And they get up to the age of accountability, which is different in different people's lives. You know, it can be five, it can be six, it can be 10, it can be 11, or whatever it is, depending upon you. But all of a sudden, when you realized something's wrong with me, I don't, I, and when you realize that you were mad, you realize all of a sudden there's, there's, there's actions and reactions, and you realize, okay, I know what sin is. I know how to lie. I know how to steal because I'm going to take that from my brother. <laughs> Amen. But how many of you know that when you realize those things there, that you heard the word of God, then you knew that you had a need of a savior because God put in every one of us the desire to be born again, the desire for the supernatural and the desire for God. Amen. Now, we all know this. I know I'm preaching to you guys, and you guys know this, but the Lord just began to just share my heart. He said, listen, we need to get the why of it. And when you know why, because I needed a Savior. Amen. I knew that I was fallen. I knew that there was bad things. I am so glad that I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Amen. And I did it all on my own listening to the preacher. Not coached. I just listened and said, he said, if I do believe in my heart, confess with my mouth, glory to God, I can be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Because that ties into the next one, that we know that man has fallen, and then we get to the next one, which is we need to know the why we need to be redeemed, and who redeemed us. Amen. And what we've been redeemed from. That's the thing about it. Man, if you know what you've been redeemed from, and know what you've been bought by the price, hallelujah, it changes everything. See, I never understood that. Now, see, I was raised in a church that preached hell hot. You know what I mean by that? You wore out your rededicated. They preached you as, as, a, as, a, as a worm, as a sinner. I mean, every Sunday, you better backslidden buzzard. You better pray through and get right with God. I'm telling you, God's going to get you right now. He knows what you did yesterday. He knows. I mean, you, so I could do all that. I, I grew up under that, man. It was like, whew, whew. You just, you just rededicated your life every time. You know, hallelujah. We probably need some more of that going on now. You see, y'all, y'all got nervous just right there. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew I needed to be redeemed, man. I needed to be set free. I mean, glory to God. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, God's going to tell off on me. I'm going to be in trouble. Here we go here. But, uh, when I, the reason I share that is because when you make a decision and make, and, and, and make Jesus Christ the Lord, you know, we understand that when we get born again, that we still have to deal with ourselves. Our spirit is brand new on the inside of that, but we know we have to still deal with our flesh, deal with our minds, deal with our emotions, deal with what's going on. But man, why did I need this? Because I couldn't get to God by myself. Amen. God had a plan. He had a purpose. 
I mean, I love, I love what it says there. You know, when that, that guy in Acts, or actually not in Acts, but in John, remember the guy that gets the blind man, okay? And, he get, and he, Jesus heals him and everything. And, and he's over 40 years old, and they're trying to figure out how to catch Jesus and how to do things. And they're telling this man's a sinner. Jesus is a sinner. And the guy says, hey, listen, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't, I don't care. I do know one thing here. I was blind, and now I see. Okay? <laughs> And he says, let me just tell you this. You can look at the Bible. In here, he goes, you can look at the scriptures and know that sinners aren't going around healing people. Oh, man, don't you know that just made all the religious folks just like, let's get ticked off. Let's just do this. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah 53 if you're with, with me. Go to Isaiah 53. You know, you look at this. And many times we make this so complicated. But let me just share with you. One of the things that I've always frustrated me is that I don't understand, and, and I, I still don't understand why kids can graduate from high school, be in a church all their lives, go off to college and totally disregard God and, and totally give up on, on, on their faith. We have that by millions, and I don't understand. I never understood that. I don't understand people standing on their own two feet. I've never understood that about standing up and being able to be who they are. I never had anybody to, you know, I mean, my parents drug me to church. So that was, I was a real blessing. I, I praise God for that. I do. I mean, I think you've heard me humorously say, my dad used to say this. You can either go to church with a whipping or without a whipping. We don't care, but you're going to church. So he never had a problem with any of us going to church. We never said a word. We always were at church, you know, and now you guys think you go to church Sundays and Wednesdays. We had to go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night training, Wednesday night church, Thursday night. And that was in the Baptist church growing up. I was at church more than the preacher's kids. I don't know why, but we were at everything. Everything. We didn't have, I mean, it was scary, you know. And then we, we finally got a youth group. And guess who taught the youth group? My dad. It wasn't until I was 17 years old that I got into a different youth group, and that was my coach in high school, and he'd cuss me out Monday through Friday and then try to teach me the Bible on Sunday. That didn't work. At least my dad, he, he lived it, okay? So, so I didn't understand. I mean, I didn't understand all these people like, but I, when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, and I knew that I need, and man, I changed it. And I was only nine years old, but things changed. I knew, and I began to just understand that, God, I needed a Savior, but I knew that the key thing was, man, why I believe that God's the creator? Because it's the only thing that makes sense. Yes. Amen. Come on, folks. You didn't evolve. You didn't, you know, you're, you come from a speck of dust or what? Wait, come on. We ought to be doing something better than we, than we got here if we were evolving. And if we are evolving, look at all the world. They should be evolving better than we are because we're, we, so, we digress back to something different. They should be so far beyond us and they're behind us. Amen. Come on. Look at that, okay? So we understand what, what, what's taking place and why we need it because we all knew who what we are. And isn't it funny that even after being saved, you know what you are? How many of you ever get to the place? I mean, I, I've had this happen several times in my life. I got to the place where I was thinking... I think I got a handle on this, man. I'm doing good. I got a great handle on this walking in love. And yeah, I'm like, oh, everybody said, oh, man, Pastor Mark just walks in love. It's so awesome. He just, he just a love. Like, yeah, I got a handle on this. 
And then all of a sudden, bam, somebody does something. Boy, puts my head right where my feet was. And I say, I ain't got a handle on this at all. I want to hurt that person. I ain't got a handle on this at all. You know? And we realize we have to take hold of it. We have to walk this thing out. We have to take it out. We have to take into it. Amen? Amen. We have to know why we needed this. And the reason I was sharing all those things about where, the way I was raised is because there's two kinds of faith. And that's what I see in the world for a lot. Of, and I see a lot of people falling by the wayside, abandoning their faith. It's because they only know the Mark 11, 23, and 24 faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall ask whatsoever he saith. Verse 23, verse 24 says, therefore, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's the God kind of faith. And it is. It's a wonderful scripture. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It's great and glorious. But when it doesn't work and you don't get what you're desiring or things don't go the way you want it to go, immediately you're like, oh my gosh, what happens when this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen and this isn't going on? And people are like, I don't know what we can do because they don't understand Hebrews chapter 6 that says it's a fundamental principle of God that is faith toward God. There's a big difference between faith toward God and the faith of God. Big difference. See, faith toward God says, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Though everything in my life doesn't work, everything is terrible, glory to God, everything is bad, you lost my wife, lost my kids, lost all of my stuff, lost everything, I am not turning from you. See, what happens is is we look at this thing and we kind of go, well, pastor, if that's happening, I mean, gosh, wouldn't you want to curse God? That's what Job's wife said. We don't want to be a Job's wife. (laughs) You know, it's always humorously when you think about he lost everything but her. No, no comments on that, guys. Um. Anyways, moving right along here. Did y'all find Isaiah 53? Man, it got hot in here just all of a sudden. Just kidding. But no, why is that such a... Because it, it's nothing... Wives are awesome, praise God. We all know that. They're blessings. Without them, we would be in trouble. It, we really would. We would really, truly be in trouble in a lot of ways. But in believing with God and understanding that we believe, amen, that we need to be redeemed, which means we needed to be bought back, that we are not good enough. Everybody's trying to work their way to heaven. Everybody's trying to, or think, well, if I good outweighs the bad, they're trying to think, well, if there is something, maybe I've, I did okay or I'm doing this. Man, who wants to, to go through life without knowing? Aren't you glad you know you're saved? If you don't know, you need to. Don't let anybody try to talk you out of your testimony. Talk you out of, I mean, when you know that you know, you don't mind somebody coming at you in all kinds of ways because you just know, hey, it's too late for me. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. He's awesome. He's wonderful. I, I just thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. We believe that. And that's what causes us to have the strength we, you know, to have is because we believe it. And we know the why that we believe it is because that's the very crux of that. God started this whole thing. And then, so we start there, and then God says, okay, guess what? You guys messed up. We know that Adam messed up. He fell. Glory to God had a plan. He tried to, you know, he did it with the law just so the people know that they actually couldn't do it. The reason the law was given so that we know that we could not do it. How many of you ever studied and read in Leviticus what all you're supposed to do? My gosh. You ain't got that much blood. 
Got to put blood on your big toe, your left side, the three things. Got to do this. And when you do this, you got to do this. And you got to sacrifice this. And you, I mean, my goodness, you, you just, for all of us in here, we'd be repenting every day. We, we would never get out of the altar. We would, we would you know, it was, we would just never get out of the temple. We wouldn't be able to work because there was so many things of what they were doing and all the things that were happening. I'm so glad for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here in Isaiah 53, look at verse 5, because this is the next one. See, the first one is we got to, the why we believe in God the creator and knowing that this is why, because it makes the most sense because God created the heavens of the earth. We know this, believe this. There's many more scriptures. Why we believe that man's, man, in man's fallen nature is that we all needed a savior because we all need help. Don't let anybody tell you, everybody is searching for eternity because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God put eternity in every man's heart. That's why we have people always looking for the supernatural. That's why we have people always wanting to go see somebody to tell their fortune and all that kind of crazy stuff. Third thing is why we believe mankind needed to be redeemed. Because we're ugly. We need to get redeemed. We need to get bought. We need a savior. Amen. This is all about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, why he came, what took place. And here's the fourth thing. Why we believe that Jesus Christ is God's provision for man's salvation. And guess what? Jesus is the only way. The only way. Because narrow is the way. We need to under, right now, we need to be proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way to heaven more than any other time in the history of Christianity. Because the world is confused. They are confused. And let me just share something with you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you're saved. He doesn't say that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you did this, you're saved. Or, and you didn't do this, so you're saved. No, quit adding to it. Quit making people Christians or not Christians by what they do. Other than accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen? Y'all okay? Y'all doing okay? You sure? I know this is so simple. It's like, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because I want you to get it. Because you're going to have to share this with people out there. Why you believe the way you believe. Paul tell, or Peter said this, you need to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks the reason of the hope that's within you. You need to be ready to share. T- and it doesn't mean that you have to know everything. And you can just like that one guy. Hey, I don't know whether sin. All I know, I was blind and now see. Listen, I don't know all about the theology. I don't know all about this stuff. But one thing I do know, I was lost and now I'm found. I was a mess and now I got peace and God's working with me and I've got more peace than I ever have had and I got more joy and I'm just following God as best of my ability. Amen? I don't, may not know everything, but I know that. Amen? They said, well, because people always want to try to get you to denounce or get you to try to stop believing because, see, when you believe something, they can't grasp, this frustrates them. I said, well, you're just, you know, I've had people tell me, you're just too dumb to be afraid. I said, you're right. You're right, I am. You know, I'm not going to be afraid. I just can't. The Bible says he hasn't given me a spirit of fear. The Bible says don't be afraid. I'm not trying to be mean or nasty. I'm just trying to tell you. But let me read this to you. Isaiah 53, 5. And I'm going to read verses 8, 10, 12 out of here. And then we're going to go to John chapter 1. 
Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. We use that for a healing scripture, but believe it or not, he was wounded for our sins. He was bruised for my iniquities and all of the ugliness about me, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him. Thank God that with his stripes we are healed. Verse 8 says this, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation, for he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 10 says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, whom or when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 12 says, therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, and because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressions, and he bare the sin of many, and made the intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Go to John chapter 1, if you would, with me. Hallelujah. See, it may not thrill you like it thrills me, but as a pastor, it's like, oh man, I wish everybody would just get the basics. Because I have no greater joy than to know that my kids walk in the truth, but also that they stay. That they stay in it. That they actually stay in it. Amen. The Bible says if you teach a child when he's young, when they get old, they won't depart. Now, we know there are those kids that have been strong. We know that we've, and all of us have gone through things. We know that. We've all had our faith challenged. How many probably had it more challenged this past year than any other time? We've had our faith challenged. You know, I've asked God, I've been praying to God, why haven't you intervened? Why is this going on so long? What are we doing? What are we happening? If you're coming back, okay, well, I know when the word of God tells things, so how, how, what, are you, what, are, what are we supposed to do? How do we walk in the victory and the joy and the peace that you've given unto us in the midst of chaos? Amen. You know? I mean, what do you do when victory seems lost, you know, and you don't know what to do? Amen? You go back to the basics. You go back to what you know. You go back to what we know. You go back to what we believe in. What do we believe in? And when you go back to what you believe, you go, but this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. This is what we're doing. This is where we're at. In John, first John Gospel, verse 29, chapter 1, verse 29, um, he said this. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming, talking about John the Baptist. He coming unto him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Aren't you glad he said he'd take away the sin of the world, not the sins? He took away the sin, period. He took away the sin nature. He totally defeated the enemy, and he took away sin. He took away the problem for sin. Amen. See, we all get quiet and think, well, Pastor, why did you say it that way? Because when you understand that Jesus took away sin, not sins, but sin, he took away the avenue, the everything that was producing that, hallelujah, and he took it away for you and I. God placed the sin upon him. We know that the Bible declares, placed our sins, you know, but it was actually that sin, just the sin thing that he had to take and he paid the price for that for us, for you and for me. Now, let me give you the, the last one here, the last fifth one here, what you need to know the why of. Because this is one, man, when you talk about this, people get really mad. 
because they think, well, you're just saying I'm going I'm to go to hell. No, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. We need to understand. We need to know why we believe there is a heaven and why we believe there is a hell. Because guess what, folks? We're not in hell right now. A lot of people believe that, but we're not. Okay? It's close, but it ain't, it ain't hell. Okay, the Bible has a lot to talk about. It shares about those things there. Why is it important to believe in a heaven or hell? Because you need to understand there's consequences. There's responsibilities. We've gotten, we've got a whole world that nobody wants to be responsible for nothing. It's somebody else's fault. Amen. You know, if you don't ever take responsibility for yourself, you'll never grow, you'll never reach the potential God has for you, and you'll never succeed in life. You've got to take responsibility for you and for you. We were talking about this just recently and stuff, and, and I, I, you know, we, we've created, and I think maybe we were the ones that did it. We created this generation, and we've created things where we did made things way too easy. And so we've made things so that they didn't have to have consequences. Amen? We've just taken care of it. Oh, well, okay, well, you know, hey, no, there has to be consequences. You know, I, I think that's one thing that we, we realize is that, you know, we are perfected through the things in which we suffer. We just didn't want anybody to suffer, so nobody's being perfected. Nobody's growing up. Nobody's maturing. It is, it's true. Because you look at yourself and say, well, yeah, but I don't, want, I don't want them to have to go. I know we don't want them to have to go through what we went through. But the problem is, is that you wouldn't be who you are if you hadn't gone through what you went through. You wouldn't know how good God is if you didn't have, you have tests and trials and tribulations that you had to walk through. And you had to be refined by fire. Amen. And it's really hard to do things like that but we need to know the why of what we need why is there is the reality of heaven because hell's a place of torment it is now people want to say well are they going to be in hell for eternity or what's going listen I don't know I do know this is that I know that your soul and your spirit are going to be in heaven and so your soul is your mind your will and your emotions and so you'll know everybody that you've known down the earth and you'll be acquainted with and those, those things there. I do believe that God's going to wipe away all pain and I do is going to wipe away all memory of those that aren't there for you and me so that we can operate properly. Amen. Now whether or not they're tormented forever I do know that we're going to live forever with the Lord. We are going to do that. But we don't want to think about those things and think about it all the time. Hallelujah. We're going to think about the goodness of God and the blessings of God and what God wants us to do because we're going to know exactly like as Jesus is known. Amen? Amen. And so the key is, is said, well, I, so I don't, when we get to answer questions, the Bible says avoid foolish questions. Don't ask, answer questions that bring more questions. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's just a little extra. It's not, no charge for that one, okay? You know. <laughs> But we do need to know why we believe in that because there are consequences. People think, well, if, if it's okay, God's going to forgive. God's a God of love. I'll use this as an example. The guy that was in Pennsylvania that went into the, to the workout place and killed 30 people. You know, just went in and shot 30 people. Do you know right before he went into that, he went into his church and he asked his pastor that, hey, if I'm saved, I'm saved no matter what I do, Right? And the pastor said, yeah, you're saved. You're saved no matter what you do. So then he went down and he killed 30 people. Question is, okay, is that man in heaven? Let me answer that question. No. (laughs) We look at this and we go, you know, when you do something willingly, I'll give another question to you. 
you know. Had a pastor call me in the middle of the night and say, hey, is, is so-and-so right? Is so-and-so right? Is so-and-so I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, is so-and-so right? You can be sick in your head and, 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 and in your body, but, you know, and cause he, I said, wait a minute. Are you telling me you want to kill yourself? He said, yeah, I'm going to kill myself, so can I still make heaven? I said, no, you can't. Now, can you be sick in your head and people commit suicide and still make heaven? Absolutely. But you can't call me in the middle of the night and tell me you want to do it and go to heaven. This is going all over the place. I don't have a problem with it. We get a lot of, probably get a lot of calls about this. I'm sorry, folks. Come on. Come on. We look at things and we want to see things. Somebody asked me a question one time. Well, don't, well, do you believe in one saved always? I say, of course I do. Because I'm going to stay saved. Another person said, well, do you believe we can backslide? Of course I do. Look at you. <laughs> we look at these. Come on. <laughs> it's amazing to me. People just dis- disconnect their heads. Okay, we're not... Well, wait a minute. How can you be a new creation? People get all crazy about stuff. But you can't. The Bible says if you sin willfully, there's no forgiveness of sin for you. If you know what you're doing, you're in trouble. Amen. Come on. We're talking about why we know things. Why there's a heaven, why there's a hell. Listen, we know a lot about hell. We don't know too much about heaven because God did it that way. Because if we knew all about heaven as much as he talked about hell, we would all be trying to die. Every one of us would be working, looking, working toward getting out of here as quick as we could. Amen. But because we know a whole lot about hell, we don't want to go there. It's a place of torment. It is a place of, I mean, it is down to darkness, gnashing of teeth. I mean, it is bad news. But we know heaven is awesome. Okay? And we've got to let the world, there is that. They get, people get mad when you share about heaven and hell. They really do. Because they're like, well, no, no. It's like, well, you have a choice. It's just you have a choice. We just have to have that choice. You know? I mean, praise God. You know, we need to understand when I share, share these things, and it's simplistic doctrine, it's simplistic stuff, but you need to know the why of it. Man, I want to go to heaven. I want to do what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. And I'm serving him with all of my heart. I might not be doing everything right, but I'm doing the best that I know how. And that's the wonderful thing about it. He's going to judge me according to my heart. But he also expects me to have a little sense, too, with my brain and with what I need to do here. Amen. Take hold. You know, God became man that he might save man. Jesus became incarnate. He became God in, in man. He became a, a man like you and I, stripped himself so that he could walk, so he could show us how to be a sinless man. Now, we know we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've messed up. But thank God Jesus gave us an example of forgiveness, gave us an example of how to walk into it. Amen? how to share the gospel, how to take hold of the word of God and change lives. Because the only answer, let me just close on this, the only answer to the world's problems or to the world's ills or to the world's sickness, the only answer for the whole world is Christ. Okay? Hallelujah. It is. I mean, he is the only answer for that. Hallelujah. And in him alone, I wrote this down, and in him alone is the secret redemption And in him alone is the power of regeneration. Hallelujah. And in him alone can heal, restore, 
us. Folks, we've got the answer, but we need to know why it's so imperative, why we have it. Let's take hold of it. Listen, this gospel and you knowing Jesus Christ is the greatest power, the greatest, most wonderful thing that you ever have ever done is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you don't know that being a Christian is the most exciting, most wonderful thing in your life, we need to get the baptistry out here and hold you down till the bubbles come up, okay? Because you need to know that life, that's what it is. I never understand people that are like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm like, you say that like whoop-dee-doo. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. You came out of death into life. And you say, I'm a Christian. See, when we know the why and the reason, listen, God had a plan. God had a plan. And he's wrapping this thing up, folks. He is. He is wrapping this thing up. The enemy is trying to stop everything from happening, stop us from sharing the gospel. But I tell you what, praise God. Hallelujah. Mark 16. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned or shall be condemned. Amen. He told us, he gave us a commission. He said, listen, because why? Because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. It used to be, you know, we, we would have things like this. I mean, back in the in early, way back in the 80s and stuff, when my kids were growing up, we had a gospel bill. Willie George was gospel bill. And they had gospel bill show and they had gospel bill tapes and all kinds of things. And they had one about Dirty Gertie. And Dirty Gertie, you know, she didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. But then somebody told her, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And they just started singing heaven to gain. And she went to sleep and all she could hear was there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And that's all the tape did for about 20 minutes. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And I thought, man, if we played that today... Kids are going to have nightmares. And I made my kids go to sleep with that stuff. But you know, they knew. Guess what? There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So we're going to shun hell and we're going to gain heaven. I mean, we need to know this. We need to know why we're doing what we're doing, what we have, because here it is. Jesus is the son of God. We believe that with all of our hearts. So that represents that God the Father is the creator of the universe. And God the Father gave us. And so if Jesus is the Son of God and he's the Savior, we needed a Savior because we had a fallen nature. And we needed to be redeemed. And Jesus Christ is the only way or the only provision for our salvation. Praise God. Why? Because we want to miss hell and we want to make heaven. Amen? Someone says, well, that's not a good reason. Are you kidding? That's the best reason. No, I've had people tell me all kinds of things. Well, you know, because then you have everybody saying right now, well, you know, if hell's real, I'm going to be partying down there. They have no idea what kind of party they think they're going to have because they have no how terrible it is. You know, there's scriptures in the Bible that has, says hell rises to meet you if you don't know Jesus. It's not good. See, y'all know me. I preach very positive. I preach very upbeat. I'm very, you know, I, I just like just my style. But I grew up, like I said, I know all those scriptures. They're ingrained within me. If I, if I stop going what I'm doing now, I fall back to the way I was raised. And it's scary. So I stay, I stay excited with God. I stay uh, connected. Why? Because God's good. Amen? Amen? So let's know and let's take hold. So when somebody asks the reason of the hope that's within us, we just say, hey, listen. Let me just share the love of Jesus. Because it's the love of Jesus. Do you know that you know, sinners love to be around Jesus? 
He'd tell them, they would they'd get convicted, but they all knew that he, he had the answer. And thank God we have the answer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father. You're such a great God. You're such a mighty God. And Lord, thank you for everybody that's here and everybody that's watching. I just trust that I shared from my heart tonight. I just shared what, just things that I just, you just begin to burn on the inside of me. So Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for touching lives and uh, Father, that people know that they're born again. They know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their lives. Father, that's my heart's cry. That's my heart's desire. And so, Father, if there is anybody listening and there anybody here that doesn't know you, Father, my heart's cry is that they would know you. They would know the one true and living God. Father, you are God the creator. You're amazing. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you for that. And I love you and praise you. Thank you, Father for all that you have done and all that you're doing in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.